I don't know, man. You know, when people at the game, you're supposed to shut your mouth and watch the game. That's the rules, uh, especially when you have families and people here. Um, apparently, I guess, because Rondo was talking shit, he decided he wanted to hop in, too. In rhythm again, Jokic splash down. Zubats with the double team, cross-court Harris. Porter Jr. sidestep three, delivered, got it! Someone in the Laker group is talking to Russell Westbrook and waving goodbye to him. Tough defense by Toronto here, shot clock at eight, Walker. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. You want playoff action from the weekend? You'll get playoff action from the weekend because we've got it for you. I'm Zach Harper. That's Jared Weiss. we got Jade Hoy pushing all the buttons to make us sound good. By the way, theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, it is currently $1 a month. I think it's a typo. I think it's a glitch in the system. I think you should go to theathletic.com slash daily ding right now and get that $1 a month subscription because if you do, they can't go back on and say, sorry, we just messed up in the system. It's not really a dollar a month. You get it locked in. It's a legal contract. So go to theathletic.com slash daily ding, get the subscription for $1 a month, and you get to read all the phenomenal coverage of not just the NBA, but baseball, NFL, which is back, hockey, Soccer overseas, all that stuff. WNBA, we got it all for you. Coming up on today's show, Mike D'Antoni leaves Houston. The Lakers and the Celtics move on to the conference finals. And the Kings might actually get somebody to run their team after all. But first, Jared, the Clippers need to stop going up 16 points on the Denver Nuggets if they want to get to the conference finals because Nuggets 111, Clippers 98, series tied at 3-3 for the second straight game. The Clippers had a 16-point lead in the second half. And Jared, it disappeared, and it disappeared big time because the Nuggets outscored the Clippers 64-35 in the final 24 minutes of that game. I mean, we know that you can't just beat the Nuggets by taking the lead on them. That's not enough. I mean, you got you got to bury these guys because you never know when Gary Harris is all of a sudden going to start raining threes out of seemingly nowhere when you're going to forget how to play defense against Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and forget how pick and pop defense works. It just seemed like the Clippers just got amnesia like halfway through this game. Yeah, I mean, man, they were just they were so bad in this one in the second half. And so I saw a lot of people saying, hey, Denver you know, really locked down defensively in the second half. And I think they did a little bit, but I actually thought in the third quarter, the Clippers were just missing good shots. Like they missed 10 straight shots at one point. I think the majority of those were really good looks and they just couldn't score. And then once they, once they got into that slump, then they kind of tensed up. And then I think the Denver defense took over, but I don't think it was just 24 minutes of them locking them down. I think the Clippers just, I don't know if choked is the right word, but they just, they just seemed to get a little shaky. Well, somebody asked after the game uh, to one of the Clippers players if they thought they choked. So that was clearly the narrative coming out of L.A. uh, in this game. And I think what you're mistaking is that Denver just playing defense, period, is essentially relatively locking down. Exactly. Right. I mean, everything's (laughs) relative out there. And so the fact that just Jokic wasn't giving up easy layups at the rim over and over again, that was a huge upgrade. Uh, Paul George. I mean, we saw Paul George did some of the scoring in the third quarter. Kawhi did some of the scoring in the fourth quarter. And they were pretty much all alone in that regard when that was happening. And that's obviously why the Clippers put up such putrid numbers in the second half. But 
I think it was that the Clippers were trying a little too hard to grift some of these and ones instead of actually trying to create nice shots. While we saw Denver just driving and kicking, working the swings around the, the edges, you would go ISO to Jokic a little bit here or there. But I mean, it was mostly just Denver running their offensive system while the Clippers seem to really get away from their offensive system, probably because Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell were unplayable on the defensive end in this game. Oh man, that I okay, so let's talk about this. Trez was so awful for them. I would say Lou was okay. Um, even though they were just hunting Lou as much as possible uh in that in that second half. But Trez was just beyond unplayable. Uh, you know, they were they were a plus with Abita Zubots on the floor and he played 30 minutes. But Jared, I don't know that he can play more minutes. I mean, he's probably gonna have to in game seven unless Doc's gonna stick with the same rotation. But I, I think there's going to be a, you know, some diminishing returns if they play Zubats more than 30, 32 minutes. I mean, you got to play Jermichael Green 49 minutes, basically. I mean, he's I think yeah. he's and he went five for eight this game on top of him just being a much better defensive fit in the series because you'd much rather have someone that at least knows how to recover to Jokic on the perimeter and can handle switching schemes than someone that can be a rock like Zubac trying to take his post ups. Because we know that Jokic at the end of the day, he's going to fall back to mostly shooting that like that silly little fadeaway, which can only be described as silly. There's no other way to describe Describe that, uh, or he's going to be spotting up from deep on those pick and pops. And like you were saying, we saw Trez just—he would try to drop in the pick and roll, and so we tried to get in the middle of the lane so that the ball handler couldn't go anywhere. But he would go so far into the lane that once the ball handler would throw it back to Jokic, Trez would need like a rocket launcher just to be able to propel him he far was enough. So out of position on all those plays. Like just so out of position. I just don't think he's ever at this point of his career. I just don't think he's ever really gonna know how to get the positioning right. And I mean, this he guy was the sixth man of the might, year. He maybe, yeah, he maybe cost himself a ton of money just by the like this. I think it's an outlier. I don't think he's this bad, but I mean, this is the wrong time to do it. He's in a contract year. Yeah. He was hoping to get twenty, twenty five million a year in free agency this summer, even with limited cap space and limited teams. But I, man, I don't know. Um, Jokic was a Jokic was a monster in this game. You know, I really love Jokic was so good. I really loved after the last game where Jokic was asked about the Clippers defenders and he said something like, you know, Trez is a big body who really pushes you in the post. And that was just like the most charitable way that he could have described Trez's defense. I think he's trying to trick Doc into playing him more. I think that's what that was. <laughs> it almost uh, worked. Jokic had Jokic had 34 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Um, he was just picking them apart. They they the Clippers at one point in the fourth quarter, they went to either having Kawhi or Paul George on him and seeing if those guys could just switch pick and rolls, switch pick and pops, get, you know, get him out of position, keep him off the block. And he just, he's just shooting over these guys because he's so much bigger. And it was just a, uh, just a terrible strategy all around, but they didn't, I guess the Clippers didn't really have anything else they felt they could do. Um, Jokic is just like his, his shooting touch is so good right now that um without having an actual shot blocker on the team or someone who can really affect the shot, it's he might as well just be alone out there. Sure. And I mean, what did Jokic do? 13 for 22 in this game, four for six from yeah. three. It's amazing to have a setter that's doing that. Uh, but what I really loved was that they Mike Malone just really solved the Clippers defensive issues in the fourth quarter where they were just possession after possession, finding wide open shots. And it started with Jokic, but then it got to really deep in crunch time when the Clippers could have came back where 
Paul George, I think, was actually on Jamal Murray on some of these plays, and they would bring over Lou Will's man to screen, and Lou Will would try to blitz the screen, but he wouldn't really do anything. He would just kind of stand there in a defensive stance and then just watch whatever would happen, and Jamal would either pass it right through the trap, or he would spin around and get by it, and they would get the ball deep in the lane, and then kick out, swing it, find the open shooter, and I mean, it was just so easy and so clinical that it was hard to believe that this was an elimination game in the second round of the playoffs it just it looked like a it looked like a bland regular season matchup in the fourth quarter uh for the Clippers side of it Kawhi had 25 on 18 shots but they just kept sending so many people at it like he just saw so many defenders time and time they just tried to get the ball out of his hands and then and then PG like he had 33 but he couldn't get them stops down the stretch he couldn't do enough for them and so with with that Jared like going into game seven how much can you play Lou? How much can you play Montrez? How much can you play Landry Shamit? Like, like what is that rotation going to look like? I think I would, I would err towards defensive matchups if I'm Doc Rivers because we're seeing Denver shooting lights out. And obviously when Denver shoots lights out, they're just capable of outscoring any team that they face no matter what. And then you're putting so much pressure on your two go-to guys to be the scores because we're just seeing here that if Lou Will and Trez are on the floor – they have to play like at their absolute peak to keep up with the amount of points that they're leaking. So I think I'm going away from Lou. I'm going away from Trez and I'm really prioritizing guys that can actually execute the defensive scheme and get out to those shooters. If there is actual drive and kick action, but what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I would play Trez a couple of minutes here and there. And if he's has something going for them, great. Otherwise he's got to go. And I would replace him with Michael green as much as possible. I would, it would be nice if Marcus Morris started doing anything for them. Like he's been a bum. He's been, he's been bad. Beverly hasn't been very good, but you do have to play those guys. They just, they got to make shots. And so um, I would have a very short, very, very short uh, rotation in that one. And then for Denver side of it, um, they're getting great production out of Gary Harris, getting great production out of Michael Porter Jr. Monty Morris, but how much can they get out of Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant? Because if I'm if I'm the the Clippers, like I'm doubling Jokic in in Game Seven, I'm keeping you know I'm sticking to to Murray as much as possible, and I'm saying those guys can beat me. If those guys beat me in Game Seven, go for it. But I'm not. I don't. I don't worry about those guys at all. Like Paul Millsap can have as many shots as he wants. Yeah, and I think we'll probably see something similar, which was that uh, to the game six at least, which was that Grant and Millsap were kind of in their normal starter rotations for the first half of this game. But then in the fourth quarter, it was Torrey Craig and Michael Porter Jr. out there the entire time. And I, I certainly would be worried about uh, uh, Kawhi or PG trying to target MPJ in a close game in crunch time. But at least they have enough other defenders on the floor between Harris and Craig that they can, they can send help. They can do switches, stuff like that. They can find ways around Porter getting targeted, but they only really have one major weak link to target out there just because obviously Denver's good at not letting Jokic get caught out on an Island most of the time in crunch time. So, I would say go, definitely rely on Torrey Craig. He's been coming through very strongly lately, and obviously his defense is so valuable. And then I guess whoever is shooting the ball well between Grant Millsap and Porter. Uh, the Nuggets are 5-0 and in elimination games this postseason. The Clippers have never made it to the conference finals. One of those will have to give. All right, you guys got to stay hydrated. It's still hot out. There's all kinds of smoke if you're in California. There's all kinds of smoke if you're in Oregon. Otherwise, there's humidity everywhere. And even when it's cold out, you got to stay hydrated. And you can do that 
with Liquid IV. And we'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on The Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right! We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon-lime, put it in my water, and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. All right, Jared, let's get to the news that everyone needs for this coming week. And we will start with Houston needing a coach because Mike D'Antoni and his agent Warren Legary said, thanks but no thanks. We don't care if you want to resign Mike. He's out of here. They wouldn't give him a contract extension a year ago. And then they decided, you know, with this lame duck season, they were going to play it out. He was going to be positive. He's going to roll with whatever cockamamie me, you know, style of play that Daryl Morey wanted to throw out there. And now Mike is gone. He's been rumored to take uh, the Pacers job. He's rumored to, to be in the running for the 76ers job. But Jared, this has been a secret that has not been a very good secret for the last year. I, I, what I really love was that apparently Houston was trying to claim that they were offering him an extension before the season, even though the rumor has always been that he was a lame duck cho- uh, coach, not by his choice. I mean, they let go of his entire staff uh, before the summer just because they were able right. to without having to owe them any more money. We all know that Tillman Fertitta has been trying to strip this thing for parts ever since he bought the team. It's a shame. And you let go of a great coach who's done an incredible job with a very difficult roster that very few coaches in the history of the NBA would have been able to figure out a way to utilize them. And I mean, they they did pretty damn well for a team that was, let's say, stuck with Russ, a, a, an injured Russ in the playoffs, a Russ who it took them a while to figure out how to use them properly. They finally got there and then it really, really fell apart in the bubble. So D'Antoni did as well of a job as I think anybody could have asked for in that situation. Absolutely. And and so, all right, if you're ranking where he should want to go between the Pacers, the Sixers, and let's even throw in the Pelicans, even though I don't know if he's in the in the running for the Pelicans job, but just those three vacancies, how are you prioritizing those for D'Antoni? It's a really tough one because I, I, I mean, there's been tons of rumblings around the league about him and the Pelicans being uh, – 
let's say far enough down the road that they're, they're ready to wink at each other as they pass. But uh, if that doesn't happen and he really is a legitimate free agent, the Sixers one seems like the most interesting in that he can solve a puzzle that if it is solved, they're a legitimate title contender right away. And he doesn't have to go through much of a buildup phase. Uh, and that'll be a really hard task to fix that situation because Ben yeah. Simmons still can't come close to shooting anywhere on the floor. But if there's anybody that's going to figure out how to fix that completely broken offensive system in Philadelphia, he, this is the guy to do it. This is the guy that can literally design any type of offense imaginable. Uh, so I'd probably go with that. Then I would want the Pelicans job just because the future is so incredibly bright there, even though it might be a little bit of work to get to that future. And then the Pacers job is always going to be a solid job, but there's there's a ceiling on, on that franchise, both from a just asset perspective and the market and things like that. So I'd probably go Philly, New Orleans, and then in Indiana. As for the Rockets side of it, uh, they've got ties to there have been some some rumors that Teron Lue may be in the mix. Uh, Sam Cassell, who's a who's a Clippers assistant, might be in the mix. Um, Lou is probably too expensive, right? If they're if we're doing cost cutting, <laughs> uh, Lou's probably too expensive because he does have a championship on his resume. I would expect more of a first time assistant. So maybe that means Sam Cassell. Maybe that means an Emo Doka or David Vanderpool or Adrian Griffin. Um, do you have any kind of sense of what type of coach we should expect the Rockets to get other than cheap? Um, one that's willing to take a three-year deal instead of a five-year deal, which might be a yeah, sticking point with Ty Lue because we know he didn't right. get the Laker job because he didn't want to take uh, less than a five-year deal and didn't want to have uh, Jason Kidd standing right behind him, possibly with a dagger in hand. So that makes me think that Cassell's a good fit. Especially that I feel like the set, you know, the selling point of a Rockets legend with an affable personality who it's his first coaching opportunity. So he doesn't have as much leverage. It definitely seems like a nice fit for Fertitta. Uh, as for, as for the Rockets, are they going to have to start selling off some of the, they're going to try to like move Robert Covington, move PJ Tucker. Dare I say move James Harden at some point? I mean, you dare say so. And I mean, obviously, James Harden is not the problem with this team. But at a certain point, you have to figure out that you did you miss your shot. And then what can you do to set yourself up for glory down the road? And we know that Harden clearly has plenty of time left. But right. we've also seen like this is another another instance of James Harden not being able to dominate in the way that he usually does when he gets into the highest pressure situations in the playoffs. And I mean, a big part of it is that he did not have that number two to take the pressure off of him that he that he had when they you know made a real, real deep run and almost won the title a couple of years ago. So that's definitely a huge part of it. I would not want to trade Harden at this point. I just don't really see any situation that makes perfect sense. You know, maybe if it's like, you know, Bradley Beal or Ben Simmons or something to consider there, but you'd have to get a ton of return on top of that. I mean, James Harden is in his peak, one of the elite players in the NBA. It's almost impossible to get proper value for trading one of those guys as far as the other parts hell yeah get rid of all that stuff (laughs) retool this find just find two-way players that find a player that can create like they went all in on finding guys that could spot up around him but they don't have any guys that actually can create under control like eric gordon is the only one that's close to that and eric gordon is the most hot and cold player in the nba 
Yeah, but then you take the ball out of James Harden's hands, he doesn't have a chance to win MVP, which we know that is their goal. All right, other news from the weekend. Celtics beat the Raptors in a phenomenal Game 7 to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they will face the Miami Heat. The Lakers beat the Houston Rockets in Game 5 Saturday night to advance to the Western Conference Finals, where they will pick on. They will uh, wait for either the Clippers or the Nuggets to pick on in that Conference Finals uh, we will find out on Tuesday who their opponent will be. And the Kings are narrowing down their search for a new lead executive from Sam Amick of The Athletic. The Kings have requested permission to interview the following candidates. Uh, that is the Timberwolves executive vice president, Sachin Gupta. We've got Heat assistant general manager, Adam Simon, Calvin Booth from the Nuggets. Uh, we had Trajan Langdon from the Pelicans, Rockets assistant, Monty McNair, and former Hawks GM, Wes Wilcox, Trajan Langdon, and... Uh, I believe Adam Simon removed their names from the running, but everyone else is still in the mix. And the other part of that, Joe Dumars, who is sort of in the role right now, Jared, not taking part in the interviews. Yeah, because he doesn't need to interview because he already has a job. So <laughs> it would be really funny if he ends up with the permanent position at the end of the day. Uh, but these these are some good – these are some very good names. I mean Calvin Booth has been someone that's had a lot of buzz around him, and he's climbed the ranks very quickly in the Nuggets front office as openings have emerged. Um, you know, Monty McNair is very, very well regarded as one of uh, the top deputies to Daryl Morey. So, I mean, they're they're looking at some – some very, very solid names out there. And I think the fact that there's already been so many names off, taken off the board this offseason is definitely got to be a little bit frustrating for the Sacramento team that kind of knew that they had to get rid of Vladi this whole time. But they're lucky that there's still some pretty good options out there. Every sports story matters. NBA playoffs are going on. Football return this weekend. Uh, baseball still sort of going on, amazingly, against all odds. Hockey's still going. We've got soccer over in Europe, which they call football. That's going. We got everything going. You get all the best coverage on The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding, and you get it for $1 a month. It's an unprecedented sports season. Some of the most incredible stories have happened, and you can read about them all on The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding and get it for just $1 a month. You can't beat that. It's the best coverage out there. Go ahead and subscribe. Theathletic.com slash daily ding for $1 a month. All right, Jared, let's get to the big games. Not coming up on Monday because there are no games Monday because they screwed this thing up. So Tuesday, we're going to have two games. The early game, the Celtics and the Heat start the Eastern Conference Finals with game one. Who you got in this series? I think the Celtics are looking like the favorites here. Uh, they're a great matchup for the way that Miami plays. Although, ironically, Miami beat them in their bubble matchup without Jimmy Butler out there. Uh, but Boston has shown that they can adapt uh, their defense to fit any sort of, sort of offensive scheme. And while Milwaukee couldn't do that, that's where Boston really thrives. So I'd pick them probably in seven in that series. If you check out Basket Buds on the Athletic NBA show Monday, with you're listening to this right now, you can go download that. You go subscribe to the Athletic NBA show. I gave my pick of the Heat in six. The Heat are being disrespected Ooh. for a second straight round, Jared, and I'm not having it. I picked the Heat, and I think I feel sort of confident about that prediction. Late game on Tuesday, game seven of the Clippers and the Nuggets. Can the Clippers finally close out the Denver Nuggets, or will they continue to refuse to leave the bubble? Who you got, Jared? 
they can't do it uh or they can do it the, the nuggets i think they're going to pull it off uh they are just they're shooting so well their offense is flowing the clippers are just too compromised and disjointed this far into the season they just don't have the chemistry they don't even know what their defensive scheme is in, in the fourth quarter of a game six in the playoffs it's a mess i picked the clippers to win the title and i think i'm going to be wrong about it Wow. Uh, I think on BasketBuds edition of the Athletic NBA show, I think I picked Denver. I might have gotten bullied into picking Denver. So I'm going to pick the Clippers here. And now, depending on which episode you listen to, I'm covered. Unless it's a tie and they just, or both teams have to leave the bubble. And we just put the Lakers <laughs> straight through the finals, which I, you know, wouldn't shock me. I'd be me totally at this fine point. with that. Yeah. That's going to do it for today's Daily Ding. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. You've got the Athletic NBA show. you got No Dunks. you got House of Strauss. you got all the team-specific shows. Make sure you subscribe. You follow on the app. You get notifications for the new episodes. And use the podcast comment section. And again, athletic.com slash Daily Ding. You're going to get $1 a month right now if you're not subscribed. And if you are subscribed, you're already getting the best coverage of any sport out there on the internet thanks for waking up with us please wear a mask please stay socially safe stay away from the smoke and the fires and jared hit me with that sign free mike ding tony <laughs> that was terrible ding a tony did i get that wrong should have been ding a tony oh that's all right <laughs>